tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 84. You know, when we hear about a tragedy that has hit someone else's life, we often say things like, I don't think I could ever survive something like that. I just wouldn't be able to handle it. And on our own, without God's help, that's probably true. But God's grace is so amazing. It meets us at our lowest places and makes it possible to not only survive the unsurvivable, but come out the other side stronger and closer to Jesus than when we went in. Well, today's episode features a special story from a very special lady, and it's packed with truth and hope each and every one of us need. Well, I've had a privilege of getting to know Jenny Lusco from a distance, but I'm telling you guys, she's even more beautiful up close. Jenny, it's such an honor to have you in the living room. Welcome. Oh my goodness. Joanna, thank you for having me. What a gift to get to just chat with you and be here with you today. And it's really a joy. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you guys actually minister up in the Flathead Valley, Kalispell, Montana, which was our neck of the woods for many years. And it was so fun to watch you guys plant a church and then watch the Lord just bless it and do incredible things. And as a pastor's wife to a pastor's wife, <laughs> I know that that's probably been really exhilarating and also exhausting. <laughs> exactly. You, yes, you said it perfectly. <laughs> uh, and yet it's been fun to see it flourish, which really just goes right along with your beautiful book. I love this book cover. It's probably, probably the most beautiful book cover I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. That is so kind. Thank you. The Fight to Flourish, Engaging in the Struggle to Cultivate the Life You Were Born to Live. Wow. Mm. that Just even that subtitle is so huge. To Engage in the Struggle to Cultivate the Life You Were Born to Live. Because life's not always easy. And uh, I think maybe that's the thing that has impressed me most, even though we don't know each other really. I've, I've watched you guys flourish in the middle of some really difficult things. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and where it came from? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. Um, I didn't want to write a book, actually. I thought writing a book was for me when I was old, (laughs) really old and didn't have little kids in my home. And um, God surprised me, and I'm so grateful that he did. And it just kind of happened. And um, I honestly feel like he just put it in my lap and said, it is time. Now do it. And then, and then now it's been a few years later, but, um, it really was born out of, um, my own struggle and, um, and really, I mean, the basis of the book is around, uh, the loss of our daughter, Lenya. She was five years old and, um, had a, uh, asthma attack and went to heaven just suddenly five days before Christmas in 2012. And, um, And really that just launched us into just the deepest heartache and pain and struggle that both my husband and I had ever experienced. And and here we were, we were five years into our church plant, Fresh Life, and we had four beautiful daughters, uh, Olivia, Lenya, Daisy, and Clover. And we were just in it. Like you said, like this life that we get to live is so beautiful, but it's also brutal and it's 
so exhilarating, but it's also exactly what you said, exhausting and, and hard. And, um, and, and truly this, this, um, I guess the, the basis of the book is just knowing that we can go through hard things and good things. And I think sometimes when we, when we experience the hard things, we kind of can put them in a bad category, Mm. but it's all over the Bible. And I feel like it's, it's everywhere. Just that the fact that it's hard doesn't mean it's bad. Actually, when it's hard, it can bring out the most good. And just that idea of engaging in the struggle, like we all struggle. And, and I just imagine like, um, a seed that's, uh, planted into the ground. Like immediately that seed, if it had a voice, would say like, what is going on? Yeah. This is a dark place. This is scary. Uh, like I'm just being left and forgotten. But the fact that that's the be- that's the start of a flourishing life. And I think sometimes we see the the bloom or the the full-grown tree as like that is the goal. But truly when that seed is planted, that's flourishing right there mm-hmm. and there's the the little part of the the little a sprout that first grows out and then the root system that's being um, established and um, and the fir- li- first little piece of green that shoots out of the ground. Like it, that's all flourishing, but that's all struggle. And I think sometimes we go through hard things or we struggle in certain ways and we just want to get over it. We want to get through it. We don't want to feel it. But I think sometimes um, we have to remind ourselves that the struggle is part of our flourishing and the struggle is part of that that growth and that life that's being cultivated in us and if we just try to run through it or or sprint through it or or fast forward through it we're not getting all the things that God has for us and i just think of James where it says consider it pure joy when you fall into various trials knowing that what it's doing in you is actually put like cultivating in you perseverance and all these things that we we bristle at at the sight of obstacles and struggles and heartache and hardship and grief and death and all these things but i just i believe even just from experience that god allows these things i don't think he actually i don't think he causes it but i think he allows it and he allows us to go through struggle so that we can run to him and he's our he's our perfect father who loves us so perfectly he's he he not only has the answer he is the answer and so often we run away from god when life is hard but he wants us to run to him and to trust him and to believe that there could be something to learn and grow in and draw from in the middle of of our darkest days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so well put. You know, as you were talking about that, I kept thinking of John 12, 24, where Jesus says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds, you know, and I think we're like, I don't know about you, but I tend to cling to this little life. And I think this is what it's all about. It's about Joanna's life. And let's make sure it's comfortable and let's make sure it's easy. But it is in the dying and in almost that breaking of that hard husk of ourself, you know, 
to just go, okay, God, I, this feels so painful and it feels so tragic and so such a waste. But what mm. what would you like to do out of this? Yeah. Yeah. You talk about that that it is a fight to flourish because I think sometimes we really don't realize that it is a choice. And I'm yes. sure, in fact, I think the thing I appreciated so much about the book is you are very honest. You do not <laughs> you do not tie this up with a neat little bow and say, My daughter died, but I just said, Dear Jesus, help me and ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. you talk very honestly about the the process of sorrow and grieving, but also your own journey with the Lord. What has it looked like for you, this fight to flourish? Yeah, I think, um, gosh, there's there's so much to that because life is so messy. And I know I, I know that we're speaking to women who are in all variety of of life and seasons and i think for grief could look so differently for each of us whether it's the the loss of a job or the loss of a relationship the loss of a marriage the loss of someone we love and i think that um it's so it can just be so hard to see the beauty in the midst of mm-hmm. the the brokenness mm-hmm. um but i really believe that as we go through these things and as we struggle through and as we fight through, um, that God makes us stronger in it. And I think, um, and it just feels so wrong because it's like, I have to fight through this. I feel so weak. But I think the beautiful thing about it is that um, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Yeah. And so I think the more that we can embrace our weakness, the more we can just say, man, I'm, I don't have it all together and I don't have all the answers. And God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. There's a verse, gosh, I don't even remember now. I don't know if it's Deuteronomy 2012. I don't know. But there's a verse in the Bible where whoever it is, look at me not knowing exactly. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. It says like, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And I think that that is something that is so freeing and so like faith building because we don't have to have all the answers and we don't have Mm. to know all the steps and we don't have to have the strength to fight. Because I think sometimes we look at fighting and I I mean, I think of boxing and um, I I love boxing. I'm right now actually uh, training for a half marathon, which I just turned 40 and I was like, I feel like this is something a 40-year-old should do. <laughs> so I'm, awesome. I'm not even a runner, but I'm literally just doing it. But but there's there's a fight to this this life of uh, in Christ. And I mean, it's all through the New Testament. I mean, you see it in the Old Testament too, but just like Paul talks about like fight the good fight, like um work out your faith with with fear and trembling. Like there's a there's an action to this life that we're called. It's not just, um, I'll just let, let, I mean, I think there's, there's definitely truth in letting go and letting God, but there's also, there's that tension of like faith in what only God can do, can do. But there's also a, um, there's a need to fight and to get on your toes. And I mean, all through the gospels, you see Jesus say, watch and pray watch lest you enter into into temptation. Our flesh 
it, our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. Like there's this tension, I think. And some, sometimes we just kind of put like lean back and we, um, we just kind of coast. And I think that we're meant to be on our toes and have an anticipation and a readiness and an excitement and an expectation of what only God can do. But that also, that goes so beautifully and like connects so well with our part and we can do our part, but only God can change a life. Only God can do the deep work in our hearts and our souls and our minds. Um, But we can do our part of getting up a little bit early and spending time in his word in the morning of, um, of, of being in church and um, being part of the church and being in community and being in a small group and leading your kids and fighting for the souls of your children. And I think there's, there's a, there should be a grit, mm-hmm. uh, um, mm-hmm. like a, I don't know, a strength that I think sometimes Christians can just be like, uh, oh, a little more lazy or lackadaisical. I know not everyone, but there can kind of be, and I know I've right. felt like this, there can kind of be that. But I think that if we can wake up in the morning and say something like, um, God, speak to me, your servant is listening. And and I, I believe you have something for me today. Mm. And I believe that you want to use me in some way today. And I don't know what that looks like, but help me just to be sensitive to your spirit and to walk with you and to be aware and watchful of what you're doing in my heart, in my life, what you want me to learn, any correction or or critique in my own heart. I love the psalm that says, search me, O God, and know me and see if there's anything inside me that is not pleasing to you and lead me in the way everlasting. I think if we can just be on our toes a little bit at the start of the day or if it's at night time before we go to bed or whenever that time is best for you, but just making sure that 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 time is a like you're kind of putting your arms up and saying, "Okay, God, I'm ready." Like, like I'm I'm girded, I'm ready, I'm whatever you want for me to do. If you want me to rest today, I'm going to rest. If you want me to uh, give today, I'm going to give. If you want me to love, like whatever you want me to do, God, the answer is yes, and mm-hmm. I'm ready. I love that. I love that. As you were talking about that, I you know you're right. I mean, all through all through the New Testament, we are encouraged to an of faith. This is yes. not supposed to be passive participation. We're like, right. we are participants. And I, you know, you brought up the verse Philippians 2.12 that says um, that we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But I love verse 13 says, for it's God who works in you to will Ooh. and to act. Right? Yes. So it's like God's working in us, but we're going to have to work it out. He's giving us the power and he's giving us the desire. But I agree. Sometimes I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm just too weak and I feel too helpless. And I really have been praying lately, Lord, would you wake me up? Like, honestly, like if you need to like drag me out of bed, (laughs) slap me a couple of times, you know, splash me with water because it is so easy. I think even just spiritually to get complacent and almost weary, you know, weary and well-doing, weary with just the battle of life. And so how to get to that place where we understand, Lord, I want to contend for the faith, but it's you, it's your spirit in me, giving me the will and the want to, to do your will. I can imagine that during that time of grief, that there were a lot of mornings you didn't want to get out of bed. Yeah. There were a lot of mornings where I'm sure you just wanted 
to just wake up and have a different story. What mm. were those? Were there some mile markers or some some tools that the Lord just kind of brought your way that helped you get past that inertia of grief and yeah. actually engage back in life? Well, I, I feel like it was almost immediately because um, Olivia is our oldest. She's 16 now. Lenya at this today would be 14. And mm. then Daisy is 11. Clover is 10. You didn't need to know that. I'm I love that. About that in my head. <laughs> I love those names um, too. <laughs> oh, thank you. But at the time, um, Olivia was seven. Um, Daisy was two and a half. And Clover was just about to turn one. Hmm. And honestly, I'm just so, so grateful that we had little ones to take care of. Like, because I, I mean, I say this in my book, but I honestly feel like if I didn't have them, I would have been so um, tempted or whatever to just stay in bed and um, and not get up. But I, I was forced to, like, I had to feed Clover. I had to um, make sure Daisy was fed and and snuggled, and and I immediately just had such a an ache for Olivia because she had just lost her best friend. And so Mm -hmm. I think almost immediately there was just that, well, I don't have a choice to just be in my feelings and in my grief and like I'm in it, but I also have to look outward. And my mom had like, my mom was the one watching Lenya that night and Lenya went to heaven at her house. And I knew my mom was in pain. My little Mm -hmm. sisters who were 11 at the time were grieving and Levi, like, there's just people around. And I think sometimes it can take us a little bit longer to see that. And don't get me wrong. Like I was, I was aching and I was hurting and, um, we, Levi and I remember we couldn't eat for the longest time and Mm. it was just, um, um, I don't know. Like, I just feel like that was so real. That that grief was so real. Yes, we knew right away that sh- sh- to be absent from the body was to be present with the Lord. We knew that Lenya was with Jesus, but we still had that ache. We still had that pain. We still had that deep grief, the kind of grief where you literally are just, you have tissues all around and you're like stuffing them in your mm. pockets and then you wash your clothes and then there's just like pieces <laughs> yeah. of tissue covering everything. And it's like, um, that and that feeling, that weight mm. on your chest, and like hard to get a breath. But I, th- I think that there comes a time for everyone, and there was that time for me. The next day, actually, where it was like I just had to get up, and I had to, I had to take care of my kids, and I had to make sure Levi was good, and Lent and Livy was good, and and I think that there was just as time went on, just that tension of like taking care of myself and making sure I'm like resting and I'm like soaking in God's word or worship or whatever I need to just be with Jesus. Um, because that was one thing that really helped us right away was the picture of Lenya being with Jesus mm. and then Jesus being being in us. Uh So it was like, because we were trying to explain it to Olivia and to ourselves, actually, probably more. She probably had had more understanding than we did, but just trying to explain, and even to our church too, as we 
we're moving forward with just leading our church in the middle of, of grief. Our, our church was just so incredible walking with us. But um, just that picture of like if Jesus was like – I picture like a corner of a room um, where you're on one side and you can't see around the corner mm. to the other side. And we would just practice this with Olivia. Uh, Levi would stand like on the corner with one hand on one side and one hand on, on the mm. other side. And I was on one side and Olivia was on the other side and we couldn't see each other, but we were holding Levi's Aww. hand and we were just saying there's a connection mm. and there's a nearness to heaven and heaven is nearer than we think anyways. But right. There's a connection when we're in Jesus and when we trust Jesus because she is with him. Like she's literally with Jesus in heaven right now and mm -hmm. we can't see them, but Jesus is in, in us. Like we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. We believe that he lived, he was born, he, he lived a perfect life, he died a sinless death, and then he God raised him from the dead, defeating death in the grave, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And like Jesus is alive, and mm. Lenya is alive, more alive than she ever was. She's not struggling anymore with any pain or allergies or asthma. And we, she won't come to us, but we will go to her. And the, but there's a nearness there, and I think that that has brought so much comfort over the years. Even as Daisy and Clover have grown up, and since then we have our son Lennox, who's four, and he never, he never knew Lenya. And I think that there's just a, a sweetness because they know that they have a sister in heaven. Yeah. So for them, it's like, oh yeah, heaven's. A real place and our sister's there. We just can't see her or see it mm. yet. And I think that even in prayers, like um, the kids will pray, God, please tell Lenya how much we love her and mm. give her hugs and kisses from us. And um, and I'm honestly so thankful for that heaven, mm. heavenly mindedness that yeah. just encircles our home. And and yes, I I mean, I hope the ache and I hope the the grief never goes away. I mean, it, I feel like we've it hasn't gone away. We've just gotten stronger. Um, but like those moments when I'm like, okay, I'm counting all my kids and I'm like, okay, someone's missing, but they're all there. Like, I just hope that that never goes mm. away. Like, I always want to yeah. yearn for Lenya. I always want that, like, oh, that tug and that, oh, like, I just can't mm. wait for heaven. And that just having that at the forefront of my mind is just helpful even in life because it's yeah. like there's an urgency. There's an urgency yeah. to this life that we're called to live. And someone once said, it's only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. And I think that as we have that, just like heaven is real. Right. Hell is real. Like Jesus is coming back. Like what is what am what am I going to be found doing? How am I going to be found living when Jesus comes back for us? And so um, I'm just, I'm thankful for that, that, heavenly mindedness that yeah. is in our home. That blessed hope. I don't yeah. think that we, I don't know maybe that we can fully comprehend that if we haven't walked through something like you have, where mm. it just becomes so real. And yeah. yet, Jenny, I think we both know that there are people who have walked through the same kind of tragedy and haven't been able to find hope. In yeah. fact, Rather than drawing closer to Jesus, it's actually caused them to step back and and to kind of distrust him and to have yeah. so many whys that yeah. they really haven't been able to encounter the who, 
the one who can heal the broken heart. That's so good. I know that there's no band-aids and there's no quick fixes, but what would you say to that person who, just to be honest, is really stuck in their grief and they can't seem to find their way out even after maybe decades? Yeah. Gosh, well, I would just say that that's real and that the the feelings and the ache and the pain is real. And I think sometimes Christians can try to just like, like cover over it and like, oh, mm. everything's fine. And God is so good. And it's true. And God is good, but he's good in the middle of the pain and he's good in the ache. And it, when you feel like the storm clouds have come in and you're just in the middle of the storm, God is good right there. And I just always picture when um, Jesus was in the boat with his disciples and it had just been a long day of ministry and he's literally sleeping in the boat and his disciples are freaking out because all of a sudden the storm hits and which is funny because they were most of them were fishermen and they were used to being on that sea, which would just like random storms would come upon them um, all the time, but they were freaking out. And so they woke up Jesus and he, he told the sea to calm down. But I just think that when we are so, when we are prone to, to freak out, when we're prone to, um, to panic, that Jesus is saying, be still and I'm with you and don't be afraid. And, Um, I just, I think if, especially if it's been decades, I guess my encouragement would be to just take that next, to take that tiny step towards the Lord. And even if it's just a, a a grunt of a prayer of like, oh God, like, because he's there. And there's a verse in the Bible that says that God is near to the brokenhearted. And even if it's been a long time, it's never too late to turn to him. And even if it's, even if the words have been said to God, God can handle it. And I think sometimes we try to polish our prayers, um, but we really just need to run to him. And I love that God doesn't expect us to be holy, like, and come to him at all clean. Like he just wants us to run to him. He just, lo- he loves you so much, no matter where those who are listening, no matter where you're at right now, God loves you and he created you and designed you and has a purpose and a plan for you. And I'm so sorry for the ache that you have walked through and the pain that you have gone through, but God is the answer to your ache and he's going to strengthen you and he's going to be your strength. If you feel like you have no strength to offer, nothing to give, that's the best place to be. And honestly, I've been thinking about this lately. Like whenever I um, have my arms crossed and I, cause I do that a lot and I just kind of sit and have my arms crossed. Um, but in prayer, like when I just open my hands, like there's something that happens. Like it, I almost just feel it like a shift in my brain. I don't know, a shift in my body of like just openness to God and the Bible says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Just take that step. Just t- say that one word. Just say, God, I don't know what to do, but help me or whatever it is. But as you take those little baby steps, God's going to meet you there. And I just believe that even if you um, 
reach out to someone in your life who you know loves Jesus or go to a church that you know teaches the Bible and or whatever it is. I, we need help. We need people. We need God. We need Jesus, first of all. But we also need those people around us to help us because we can't do life alone. Like when we went through the darkest days of our lives, we had people who met us at the hospital and we had people um, who met us at our home that night and who were just sitting, like some of them didn't even say anything. They were just there sitting with us and we need to have those people in our lives. And if it, if your darkest days have already happened, it's never too late to reach out and to be that for someone, but also to let that person be that for us. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's, you know, I was just reading in a devotional that I have, Sparkling Gems from the Greek. It's really good stuff. Ooh. And he talked about redeeming the time. And mm. um, he how he put it together was redeem is, you know, the picture of redemption, yes, but it, but it has that picture of buying back. But the word mm. for time, he said, you know, can be translated opportunities or, or, um, or, you know, spaces of time. And what he brought back was that with the Lord's help, because of what the who the Lord is, he can help us buy back the time. And yes. I think so many times we feel like my life is over. My life yeah. has been destroyed. There's absolutely nothing that could come good out of this. Or we go, yeah, I've been stuck for too long. I'm just going to wait until Jesus comes. Because I don't mm. think there's any help or hope for me right here. And yeah. I would just say to us, oh, you guys, it's not too late to ask the Lord to help us to redeem the time. Yes. That's, I think, one of the things that I love most about Jesus is He's our great Redeemer. And He mm. takes the very worst and He turns it for the best. And He takes what is worthless and He ascribes value to it. He's our Redeemer. And yes. I've watched God redeem what the enemy, yes. I, you know, I don't want to overstate the enemy's ability, but I, I, I'm pretty sure Satan said to his minions, watch this. Yeah. I'm going to take those two out. I'm yeah. going to destroy them. I'm going to destroy their family and I'm going to destroy mm. their ministry. Mm. And yet you put your lives in the hand of Jesus. You didn't let that pain become a wedge. And I think that's the thing that's so difficult. When we have so many questions, when it just doesn't seem fair and it doesn't make sense, it's so easy to begin to almost start to blame the Lord. Yeah. Did you have any moments like that? Or was there just a divine grace to run to Him rather than run away? There wasn't there wasn't moments of anger towards God. I think there were a lot of moments of anger just to myself, which I think mm. there was a divine, definitely a divine grace of just running to him. Because it was like, where else am I going to go? I just imagined that when the disciples said that to Jesus, like, you alone have the words mm -hmm. of eternal life. Like, where, are we, where else are we going to go? Right. And I think that that was just a natural thing that came out of my heart. But but there was a lot of, of dealing with um, – just guilt of like not like that night Levi and I were on a um a date and we stayed home but my mom had our girls at her house and I was going to pick them up at um like 9 p.m. but we were it was 5 days before Christmas so I was wrapping presents also we were watching a movie and it just time went by fast and then it wasn't till like 10 
15 that it was like, oh my gosh, we need to go. So there's like, we got there to her house and that was when my brother came out and was like, hey, Jenny, um, Lenny is asking for you. She's not taking her medicine. And whenever she would have an asthma attack, we would give her a little treatment and then she would be fine. But when I came in that night, um, she was not taking her medicine. My mom was trying to give it to her and she was just not taking it. And then pretty much like a few minutes later, she um, like she looked at me and then passed out on the kitchen table. Mm. And I think there's a lot of just question of like, was it really a, an asthma attack? Was it was it more was a was it a heart thing? Later on, we found out that Levi's mom and older sister both had a heart issue at age five, and so I'm like, oh my gosh! But then it's like you look you look back and you can't you can't put that blame and guilt mm-hmm. on yourself because it's mm-hmm. like even if even if something happens that it was your fault, like it's still out of your control. Like, yeah, I think if we can just have a a self-compassion for ourselves at earlier times in our lives, like knowing that we didn't have the tools that we maybe we needed um, to go through stuff. I think that's something that I've been, I've been learning lately. um, But also that I remember just learning in that time of like, I can't carry this guilt. I can't like, this could crush me yes. and kill me if I let this overwhelm my mind and overwhelm my heart. It was actually something that I had to constantly be like, God, this this feeling of guilt and aching and I should have known, I should have seen the signs mm-hmm. or whatever was crushing to me, but I had to daily give that to the Lord. And I think that that was a fight. Like I wasn't angry at God, but I was just like, Lord, I have to give this to you I know you can handle this, but I know that I cannot handle this. And if I try to carry this weight, it's going to knock me down. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that was just an everyday like, yeah, God, I give you this. And I think something that really helped us was this idea of um, running toward the roar. And for that, just, that just really meant like when when hard things reared its ugly head, like in that time frame, we just almost like opened our hands and opened our chest and we're like, okay, hit hit us with your best yeah. shot. We'll, just, we'll feel everything and we'll give it to God and we'll weep if we got to weep and we'll cry mm-hmm. if we got to cry and we'll yell or whatever, but we're just going to let it hit us and let we're just mm-hmm. going to feel it um, and, and run toward it knowing that there could be strength in it. And also I think God just gave us um, an awareness that, um, cause even, I think it was like a month into our grief, we, we had a phone call with, a, a couple who lost their baby on an airplane and we almost immediately started to see like, okay, the comfort and the Bible says this, mm-hmm. the comfort that we've been comforted with the hope that we have, like God wants us to give this to people who are hurting. And I think that that has been such a special and beautiful and hard thing because every time we have a conversation, it brings it up. But I think there's power in telling your story and talking about who God is and what the pain is and everything because I feel like that has helped us heal stronger than ever before Mm. because we've we've had to talk about it and we've had to weep through it and we've had to 
run toward it. And I think that that is so helpful. I think sometimes we're quiet about it or we don't know how to say it, so we don't say anything. But I think the more that we can shine shine light on it, the more God brings it to the surface and can heal it. Yeah, yeah. Because boy, when we push it down, when we try to sweep it under the rug, it's going to come out somewhere. Yes. And, you know, I, that's the thing I've learned is that, you know, we don't grieve as those who don't have hope, but we yeah. will grieve. We need to grieve. We yes. need to be able to find some safe places to be honest about our pain yes. with others and with God. And so I just, I just love it. I think for those of you who might be going through any sort of thing where there's been a death, a death of a dream, a death of a marriage, a death of a loved one, um, Jenny's book is so powerful because while something may have died, you were meant to live. And I think mm. someone needs to hear that today. Yeah. Though something died, you were meant to live. Yes. And I, I would just love to have you just pray over us before we go. But yes. I also asked if there was anything before we went on, I asked if there was something that God's been talking to you and I saw your eyes light up and I can't bear not to find out <laughs> what God's speaking to your heart right now. Oh man. Well, I, um, there's a lot, but I would say the, the, the one thing would be um, my word for this year is excavate. And it sounds so intense, but I just, um, in November was just, someone had said that word and I was like, it just kind of stuck in my heart. And I was like, what is that word? And I was just, as I've been learning about it, just realizing like, I want, first of all, like, I want to go deeper. I want to excavate. I'm going to go deeper with the Lord and I want to go deeper with my savior. And I want to, um, like, um, Aslan, like I want to go further up and further in. Like I just want more. Um, I want to find. I want to find the treasure. I want to. I want to dig deep. Um, but I also know that in my own heart, like that there are things that God wants to excavate, and that He. Um, I think sometimes excavation looks like a, a huge um, excavator machine, like literally digging out like tons and tons of dirt at one time. So that's like one version. But then there's like the archaeologist who is literally trying to dig up these beautiful ancient treasures with a, a tiny paintbrush. And it's like, Ooh, I love that. And it's, and I, I want, I guess I'm 40 now. And I feel like there was a, a definite like shift in that that age step up. And I just feel like there's more in me that God wants to bring out. And so with therapy and with, I'm training for this half marathon, I'm seeing like what's inside me and what I'm <laughs> capable of. And, and, um, and so it's really just been a beautiful season of kind of going deeper and, um, and just, learning more of of who God is and and really I feel like God's been uncovering in me. I mean, he's the ultimate excavator and as he's been in lifting up and uncovering like just a confidence in me and um and um and a, a depth and a strength in me that I I've just not experienced before. And so I'm just so thankful that in Christ um 
that he's always building us up. And he's, Mm. I love the verse that says that um, though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. And I feel that like, I I'm I have the, the the wrinkles come in and I'm I have the sagginess happening <laughs> but it's like but I feel renewed yes. every day yes. and so I just I'm so grateful for that hope and so I love every year it's like I love being this age I love getting older and there's there's hope and there's joy and there's strength and we don't have to dread getting old and wrinkly because there can, there can be a beauty and a strength mm. and a vibrancy um to that childlike faith that we're meant to have. Mm. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. That excavate. I love that. I love that. Mm. And as the girl who entered ministry at 19 and now finds herself turning 60 in just yes. a couple of weeks. <gasps> Happy birthday. Oh Thank my goodness. You. And to be honest, I've had... <laughs> It's just embarrassing. I've had a real bias towards youth. I cried when I turned 20. (laughs) So you can imagine a little bit of the feeling I have about turning 60. But at the same time, Jenny, I can say, oh, yeah, like God's doing something so new and so beautiful in me. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what, what a good father. Like he's never done. He's never done. If we keep our hearts open, he's constantly doing something new and he's renewing us. He's renewing our inner person day by day. So I would love to have you pray for those girls who need, who need that, um, those chains of grief, the chains of, of loss and discouragement, all that, all of that, just they need the Lord to come and unlock those chains. But also for those girls who are like, wait a minute, I don't like getting older. And they sort of feel like the best years were back there. And I think, mm-hmm. I mean, even I remember turning 40 and thinking, oh my goodness, I'm 40. And thinking <laughs> that everything, everything good was back there when, oh my goodness, I can tell you, it gets better and better. Oh, Marriage gets sweeter goodness. and sweeter. So would you just pray for us as we close? Yes, I'd love to, Joanna. Thank you. (sighs) Father God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for a chance to just talk of who you are Mm -hmm. and your goodness and your kindness and your gentleness and your faithfulness. And Lord, you truly are our God, our Lord, our creator, our master builder, our designer. And you created us, especially us women, with a preciousness, a beauty, a strength, a grace. And you've called us to live for you and to worship you and to love you and to run to you and to be a bright light wherever you have planted us. And so I just pray right now For those listening, I pray for that woman who is is hurting and who is grieving and who just needs to be reminded right now that she is so loved Mm -hmm. and adored by you. I pray that she would just imagine you looking at her and, and your eyes full of kindness and love and grace. And I pray that you would just meet her right where she's at, that you would 
overwhelm her with your presence and with your peace, that you'd surround her with your love. I pray for the woman who is um, is struggling to find community and to to find her people, and I just pray that you would even today that you would bring an answer to her and that you would bring a person in her life to just even just encourage her and speak life over her. And I just pray for the woman who is um, struggling with getting older and it's hard. (laughs) It's so hard and not looking like we once did or Hormones, hormones, goodness gracious, is so hard. And <laughs> yes. God, I just pray for grace yeah. over the woman who's feeling this. I pray, um, even if she's feeling like the the hormonal thing, Lord, that she would get the help that she needs and um and learn and and maybe if she finds out a diagnosis that it would just not take her down or it discourage her, but that it would actually propel propel her to learn more and to um to fight more and to um and to to grow in this area. And Lord, we just look to you. Amen. And so often we don't know what to do, but we want to keep our eyes on you. Yes. We want to keep our hands open to you. We want to surrender to you. And we want to tell you that that we want to serve you. Yes. And so often we inhibit ourselves and we let the grief and the pain and the struggle hold us back. But God, I just pray that we even now would just open our lives to you and that you would break down the the walls, that you would break the chains that are holding us back, that you would fill us with the confidence of the fact that we are your daughters mm-hmm. and that you delight in us. Thank and you, that's Lord. the best thing about us. Mm-hmm. But then from there, you've given us a purpose. You've given us a grace. You've given us a strength. You've given us the the ability to live beautifully as Jesus is the center of our lives. And so, Lord, we now just choose to bring Jesus back into the center. Yeah. And we trust you and we love you and we thank you. Thank you so much for Joanna. I pray for just an extra blessing and favor on her life. And we just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Whatever you're going through, my friend, I believe Jenny's prayer was especially for you. Jesus wants to meet you in the middle of your pain and questions. He wants to draw you close and heal your heart as He surrounds you with His love. Perhaps you know someone else who needs to hear that their life isn't over, that God has good things for them ahead. Well, most podcast players feature three little dots that you can click on and text a link to of this episode to a friend or share it on social media. You can find links to Jenny's new book as well as her ministry over at joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 084. And there's also a place where you can sign up for my email list, which I would love to have you do because I have a new book coming out in August 2022. If you've been listening to The Living Room very long, you've heard me refer to my new book on trusting God, and it is almost here. I'd love to have you be part of the launch team we'll be forming in the next couple of months. There's going to be special bonuses and special features just for the Insiders Club. So be sure to sign up for my email list over at the show notes. 
I'd love to have your help spreading the news about my book, but also about Jenny's book and all of the guests that we feature on The Living Room, because God uses these books to give us the tools we need to help us live and love and lead like Him. See you next time, my friend. God bless.